You are listening to the Living Room Confessional Podcast. Welcome back to the Living Room Confessional Podcast. Today, I have Nicole Stevenson on with me, and we're going to be talking about the blended family dynamic. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm glad. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am 24. Um, I am an esthetician, um, and I have a two, almost three-year-old son named Miles. I studied psychology at Texas State University. That's pretty much it right now. I'm in the middle of a really big transition, I think. Mm-hmm. So maybe next time if we I'm on again, I'll have more to say about myself. <laughs> but right now, that's pretty much it. With mom life and work and everything, it's pretty basic. So Okay. Yeah. Well, she's my esthetician, and that's how I, we know each other. <laughs> I always have to say how the relationship was formed because yeah. I like talk so I talk to people and it's really familiar. So yeah. Yeah. But um, today, since we're going to be talking about the blended family, you have a very blended family. Yeah. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your family dynamic? Sure. So I have a son named Miles, and he is almost three, and he is half black, half white, and my boyfriend is... Mexican. So my son's father is involved and everything like that. And we have a great relationship. Um, He lives in Dallas and I live here with my boyfriend and my son, like I said, who's Mexican. So it is very blended. It is very unique. It's a very unique situation (laughs) and it's interesting, but yeah, that's pretty much our, you know, dynamic. Okay, cool. So how do people react when they're like, I know it's very common for people to have children of other races, especially nowadays. Right. But do you ever still get like shocked reactions when people find out you have a black son? So I wouldn't say people really um, react, but whenever we are out in public in certain areas of town, like we'll get more looks than usual. And it took so long for me to figure out why people were looking at me because I am a a very open-minded person. I've never, it doesn't cross my mind. It's not that whenever I look at people, the first thing I see isn't like, oh, that's a white mom with a black son. You know what I'm saying? There's something to be said for that. I'm not saying I don't see that, but it's not like a triggering thing for me. So whenever people stare and stuff like that, I do notice it, but verbally there's not um, ever a confrontation. And I think that's because I assert myself. Mm-hmm. And like whenever I have clients, some clients have no idea and they'll be on my table because they don't know anything about my family. They'll be on my table and they'll make certain comments and I will address it respectfully, of course. But it's funny whenever they kind of just stop talking after they know, like <laughs> I have a son who's half black because I just, I'm white. I mean, yeah. you know, and people talk to you differently when they don't know about your life at home yeah well me when I found out I was like oh this is great yeah (laughs) she's like she's like this is material yes I'm like I'm that I'm that client I don't know if it's a horrible thing I talk throughout the entire like facial process I love it I love it I feel like I would get bored so I mean when you started telling me your story I was just like tell me more I need to know what this is and then I was like you want to come on my podcast? And she's yes. like, yeah. So it all worked out and it's been great. Yes. <laughs> and it, and it's so funny. I have so many clients that are like, that talk through it. And then I have others who like, don't want to talk the whole time. So it makes sense that we got into this conversation, but I love that you talked to me. It's funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's a unique situation. And usually whenever people, like whenever I tell people about my situation with Miles' dad, um, Cause I mean, we've never, we parent, it's crazy. We parent like the same way. We have the same morals, the same values. We co-parent beautifully. Like we don't really have, we don't have a relationship outside of miles, but our relationship within miles is awesome. And people are like, you have no idea how blessed you are. And I'm like, Oh no, I know (laughs) because I have, I have people, I have seen those situations where, you know, someone's crazy or someone's, um, you know, using the child as a pawn or something like that. And we've never had that dynamic ever, not a single time. And it's so unique and it's so awesome, but it's a crazy conversation topic, you know, because people want to know about that stuff. Like they're Mm -hmm. curious because it's so rare nowadays for there to be like a smooth dynamic through the whole group and the whole family, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. So you had a story that you told me Mm -hmm. about 
something you experienced with your son and a friend of yours mm-hmm. about when he got his hair cut. Yeah. You want to share that story? Because I thought that that was so crazy, but you hear things like this all the time. Yeah. So. so, okay. So one of the things that I will say to preface this question is I am so, I, I don't know anything about mixed hair at all. Like I am totally ignorant. I've watched YouTube videos. I've tried to ed- educate myself. I've learned what I can, but at the end of the day, I don't have the touch, I guess, <laughs> because for some reason I just can't. So, so basically the responsibility of getting Miles' haircut is up to his dad, because I tell him that's something that you guys should bond over anyway. I don't, I don't know anybody out here. Like he, he, he came to your barber and it'll be great. So every time he goes to Dallas, he gets a haircut. Um, a family friend watches my son a couple times a week and they, I was trying to grow his hair out because I had finally convinced his dad like to let me grow his hair out so I could like see his curls for a couple of years before we cut it off. The family friend took my son to go get a haircut without asking me. And I, when I like his wife texted me and was like, oh my gosh, like this happened. And I could not believe it. I cried. I was so angry. I could not believe that someone else would take my son to get a haircut without asking me and and not even to a barber like it was like some just white lady cutting his hair and to me (laughs) to me I'm like as a white woman I didn't even cross that boundary as a mother like you know what I'm saying like I respect what it is for him to go with his dad to get his hair cut because black men appreciate their hair yeah on another level that's like a whole bonding moment exactly from what I've noticed it it shocked me that someone would just take (laughs) my child and go get his haircut now I can laugh about it and we joke about it but I was so upset in the moment because I felt like a boundary was crossed I totally get that and I've read stories about like there's a little black girl who uh, well she was mixed raced, mm-hmm. but she went to go spend like a week with her grandparents and they had no idea how to do her hair. Her mother did her hair before she got there. Yeah. So with black kids, you don't actually have to do their hair every day. Like little black girls. If you tie up their hair at night, it'll stay in place. Yeah. <laughs> you might just have to like brush the edges or do the edges in the morning. But she took her to a white hair salon and they gave her a perm and a lot of her hair fell out. And... In black culture, like, I know it's horrible, but in black culture, hair is, like, it's a big deal. It's a very big part of our culture. And even with me growing up, like, my hair was a sore subject when (laughs) I was younger. And then I went natural Mm -hmm. when I got older. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many products I tried. Mm -hmm. Probably hundreds. Yeah. I could not figure out how to get, how to do my hair. And Mm -hmm. then... My hair actually started falling out, and that's why I ended up getting locks because it was just lower maintenance, and I loved it. Yeah. So, like, for somebody to cut your son's hair. Well, and and whenever other people watch him, so anytime he's gonna stay the night anywhere, or like the people who watch him whenever I work late nights, I I send over like a fresh shampoo conditioner mm-hmm. and everything that I want them to use on his body because it's my responsibility to make sure that he's being taken care of the right way if he's gonna be over somewhere consistently. Yeah. But some people like. If they, they, sometimes people will just randomly give him a bath, which is fine. He plays outside. He gets dirty, like my family or whoever watches him. Um, but again, so my boyfriend's family is Mexican, so they don't know. And then my family is white, so they don't know. So he comes back with crusty hair almost every time. And I have to do a lot of damage control. Um, cause I try to prepare for people who keep him overnight to bathe him, but sometimes they just randomly bathe him because he got dirty or whatever, you know, he's a kid, it happens. And so it's hard. It's kind of interesting having that conversation because I'm a very, um, I don't like to step on toes and I don't like, I like confrontation in a respectful way, but whenever people are helping me out, I feel like obligated to kind of just keep my mouth shut. But when it comes to my son, it's like, I'm his advocate. So I have to speak up about it. So I'm like, I understand that to a lot of people, it might seem silly because it's hair, but it's like, I respect him because I know he's going to respect his hair in the future and I want to do all I can right now to take care of as much as I can for him because I want to be able to carry that responsibility I mean and and again and whenever he grows up I'll explain to him and I talked about it now I'm like we're putting this in your hair because it helps keep it hydrated like he understands but he doesn't care Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like I want to be able to tell him like I tried my best okay I watch YouTube videos and I almost think with little girls like if I had a girl it might be a little bit easier Mm -hmm. because there's so many YouTube videos on girls yes boys hair is short it's his hair is different it's not it's it's very it's very temperamental (laughs) 
<laughs> and if I do one thing wrong, I deal with it for the next week. So it's it's oh, a goodness. lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and you have all these different curl patterns. Like, yes. I think I had three different curl patterns in my hair. So I can only imagine what's going on with him. And one of my <laughs> friends, um, you mentioned going natural. One of my best friends, my roommate in college, she actually went natural. I think you've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but like she went natural in college and she she taught me all the curl patterns and she walked me through everything because I was so interested in it and um I remember like it was such a journey for her so I know like Mm -hmm. you going through all of that was so much and I don't think I could do that I would probably just shave my head like it takes like years of thought and preparation before you you can go natural and like be cool with it you can't ever just just do anything on a whim no no no. and then like you have to schedule days to like wash your hair yeah takes almost all day which drove me crazy like I would be doing like twist outs or just trying to put my hair in like a bun or something and mm-hmm. put like a beanie or something on just to like go to the store. If I forget something at the store and I have a wash day, it's just like, yeah, my life. Yeah. What do I do? So I guess I'm lucky that I do have a boy because I don't have to deal with, we do have wash days and stuff like that, but his hair is so short. It doesn't yeah. really make a difference. It's like a wash hour morning, whatever. Literally. Literally. That's it. I would take that in a heartbeat. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's low maintenance. It's not, but it's not for me. <laughs> it's different for me, but it's still low maintenance compared to you. Well, when he can take over, it'll just be better for yes, everybody. It will. <laughs> now, did you come from a uh, like a blended family? So no, um, my parents actually were married for about 28 years. They just got divorced when my son was like four months old. So it happened as an adult. So we, I, I mean, my parents always were together and we never had anybody else now I mean you know my mom has a boyfriend and my dad's dating and um so it's a little bit more I guess blended but mm-hmm. not even then not really like um but no I mean we've all been together since forever you know and uh it was a foreign idea to me my parents raised me to believe you know we don't speak divorce in this house like we don't speak of it we don't believe in it it's not ever going to happen and then you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Miles' dad, he's from a blended family. Um, he has a lot of blended happening. So <laughs> it's more, I think, I don't want to say normal. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily normal to him. He, he'll he be able to kind of help Miles out with that, I think, a little bit more on that end and communicate with him and kind of teach him about that side. That's good. Among other things. I mean, he's going to have a lot on his plate when it comes to teaching Miles <laughs> things. Just because one, he's a boy, but also, I mean, he's uh, he's a black boy, and I there's a lot of things that I can't speak yeah. on. Yeah, but we're actually going to get to that. Yeah. But you also told me that when you were younger, you dated guys of other races, and your mom yeah. kind of realized that, and she spoke to you about it. So can you talk about a little bit, like, what she told you? Yeah, so um, I, whenever I have this conversation, especially more so lately with everything that's been going on, it's been a lot of, it's been a topic of conversation a lot more commonly for a lot of people, and... The first thing I'll say is my parents did a great job raising us. The one thing is that race was not a big enough topic in our home. Not because my parents are racist under any circumstances, but because they are just ignorant to it. They didn't realize it was still such an issue mm-hmm. because they were white, white privilege. I mean, we all know that, right? But one of the things my mom did say, um, I think it was like freshman year of high school, I had um, a boyfriend and he was black and she talked to me privately and she was like, look, she's like, anybody is welcome in our home at any time. We will welcome any person that you date. But what you need to understand is when you date someone outside of your race, there are going to be cultural and fundamental differences and you need to learn to speak about those and appreciate them. Don't, cause she's like, cause it's inevitable. And back then I was like, mom, that doesn't matter. Like I thought it was negative what Mm -hmm. she was saying as an adult. I look back and I'm like, that was probably one of the best lessons she could have taught me because she was teaching me. You need to appreciate your partner's culture because obviously she was, she saw from early on, I was dating outside of my race happens and a lot more now. And so she wanted to make sure that I knew you need to appreciate their culture and ask questions and learn and also realize that your kids will be raised differently than you were raised because y'all are going to blend this family and it's going to be a lot different. So that was one of the things that I really appreciated that she spoke on, you know, whenever I was younger, because I think that's such a really, that's an important lesson that a lot of people that I grew up with didn't get, Yeah. you know, because they weren't dating outside of their race. And I mean, that just wasn't, some parents are different than others. Yeah. That's yeah. actually a good conversation for her to have. Cause even now 
with all the racial tension going on, parents, a lot of parents don't know how to even start that conversation because it's just like, for us when we were younger, we didn't see any of the stuff. Like people that are like kind of our age, our generation, we didn't really have police shootings on TV every week. So it's actually kind of a learning experience for a lot of us because we're all out of our comfort zone and we're all having these new conversations, even within black households that you never thought that she would have to have. And when I was younger, we didn't really have race conversations. Like my mom put in tidbits here and there, but it was never sit down on the couch like it is now. And let me tell you about your history and like what's going on and what you need to do in this situation. Which I would think that's how it would go. But I think that's the only reason I have that my like that thought in my head of oh that's how that those conversations must go you must sit down on the couch and must is because of how serious it is mm-hmm. and as a parent how how much I'm gonna make sure that that conversation happens with Miles and his dad which mm-hmm. I mean of course it's gonna happen regardless but that's one of the things that me and Taylor talked about early on was that I felt that that was Taylor's responsibility and if he wanted me to be a part of it of course I would be like mm-hmm. as Miles' mother I want to be their support and show my concern and everything but I didn't want to overstep mm-hmm. boundaries so those conversations I can only imagine how they go and y'all and like in any black household or I mean yeah. any racial like diverse household I can't even imagine how those conversations go because we didn't have them I mean we didn't even have them and we should have been the ones having them you know I feel like everybody needs to have it because racial injustice doesn't just touch black families, Hispanic, yeah. Asian, white. Sure. It the coin flips because something you don't think about because it's such a big issue within the black race yeah. is that there are black people who don't like white people. So I oh, mean it absolutely. doesn't matter what household you're from, you need to have that conversation. Yeah. But it's crazy because I I don't have kids obviously, mm-hmm. but I have nephews and I've had to watch my sister like talk to my nephews about this stuff and I've actually watched and listened to my nephew who's about eight oh god this is bad he's eight <laughs> but um no he's nine he's nine he's nine okay sorry <laughs> we're gonna fact check so <laughs> I'm a bad one but no <laughs> so um I've listened to him talk to his friends about race and my sisters told me oh when we're in like carpool like his friends in the car like he'll talk to them about this stuff that's so cool and I think that's awesome because I don't know if they're having these conversations at home but the kids do see everything so the fact that they're having they're so young and they're having these conversations among among themselves I think that's amazing it's important and and it's really cool that she was able to instill that dialogue in him so young Mm -hmm. because he's going to that that's just going to be normal to him so then it'll become normal to the people around him and then it'll be normal to his children and that's how you make a change and you start with your children and you teach them really young because kids are resilient and they know what's happening I mean they know and you have those conversations and then that's how you raise them up and it's really cool that he's able to have those conversations with his friends because it's important you know and I hope that it's the same way with Miles I hope that that is just a regular dialogue in our household you know and that he's able to come to me and tell me anything that he experiences and that he understands that while I cannot understand and put myself in his place Mm -hmm. I'm there to listen and advise in the best way that I can you know as a mother Mm -hmm. and um, I think that's the most important thing you know? Well, Miles is actually, he's really young. Mm-hmm. So do you actually even feel like it's necessary within like this year, like next year to start having those conversations? We have, yeah. And we have so many books, like we read books about, mm-hmm. you know, his hair, his skin color. Mm-hmm. Like we, I try as much as I can to make it a dialogue now and show him, I don't, I don't want to ignore the fact that he might look different than Mm -hmm. anybody I want to acknowledge it now so that it's normal so that whenever he does get a comment he's like well actually like you know he's able to come back and and respond and not sit there and feel oh my gosh like why do I look different why do I not look you know Mm -hmm. and that was actually an issue at his previous preschool I think he was one of two black children and the older he got like once he got to like a year or so old I was like Mm, or no, no, it was like closer to two. Me, we had that conversation and we were like, we need to move him into a more diverse setting. He needs to be around with people that look like him and he needs to be able to feel that sense of community, you know, mm-hmm. because 
as a white mother, that's what, that was the first thing that I thought about. Mm-hmm. And that was a conversation that we had. And I was like, you know what? Let me evaluate that and let me look at it and see this, see his surroundings. And I realized, you know, he was one of maybe two or three black children. And that was important. So we have that, we're already implementing things now mm-hmm. that I don't think that there's like a right age to start anything. I've always spoken to Miles, like he can understand me perfectly, even whenever he was a newborn. And he's able to hold like full on conversations about oh. things that I would have never thought because That's good. if you treat them like a kid, they're going to act like a kid. But if you respect them as a person on this earth, they're going to be able to respond to you and hold conversations with you and understand what you're trying to teach them. So I try to t- I teach them now. I mean, I have those conversations now. I think it's important. Well, I love that you guys um, saw that and moved into a new school because one of the things that <laughs> I noticed about myself at a young age, um, I went to a school called Coulter mm-hmm. and it was right in the middle of kind of a Jewish community. So <laughs> I was one of the three, four black kids when I was younger. Yeah. And so I don't remember, like, basically by the time I got to, I think it was like third grade, um, the school district redid the zones. And so we got a lot more black kids. And I didn't know, like, <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't even know how to say this. The difference was like night and day. Because um, I started getting picked on about the way that I speak mm-hmm. and just kind of the way that I carried myself. And there was just, a, there was a bit of a difference. Most of my friends were white because that was who I was raised around. And sure. so when all the black kids came in and they were from different schools and it was just, it was a bit of a culture shock for me, honestly, because I had never been around that many black children before. We had a few, but yeah. we didn't have that many. And so I kind of get that in a way because, honestly, I changed mm-hmm. after that. I made more friends that looked like me. And that kind of opened me up to, like, learning all these new things. Like, um, a lot of the kids that I met when the zoning opened up, I actually ended up going, like, middle school mm-hmm. and then high school with some of them. So I was able to, like, we stayed friends and, like... I just kind of got integrated into their families and their families are so different than mine. And I didn't know that the black family dynamic was so versatile across like yeah. the board. It was just like, I would go to their house and it was funny to me because I was like, we do this too. We have this too. And it cracks me up that like, I have all these black friends and I remember going to their houses for the first time and all of our parents had like the same dishes yeah, and the same kind of <laughs> Tupperware. But when I went to, like, my Jewish friend's houses, their parents always used glass or porcelain, and it was all... But we all had, like, these plastic, like, pink, brown, green Tupperware containers, and I remember being so excited. I was like, I have that, too! But when I went to the other friend's houses, I was just like, this is, like... It was so different. It's hilarious. <laughs> and, and, I mean, looking back, I don't know if I noticed anything like that as a child, because I, I think I really primarily hung out with other white kids. I mean, I remember, like, my neighborhood wasn't, like in the woodlands or anything fancy or anything like that but it was um just I mean a regular old neighborhood and I don't recall I I I definitely was friends with you know black kids or like Hispanic kids or anything like I I had a very diverse group of friends but going to people's houses I don't know that I remember noticing anything like that and I, I never had that experience of noticing like a group of people having the same things as me but I'll tell you like I can, my boyfriend can, he, he says the same thing. Like he notices like, you know, his Mexican friends all did the same things growing up and they all had the same types of dishes even, you know, and like stuff (laughs) like that. So I can, I can relate to that in that sense, but I've never had that experience because everything just seems so, I don't know, normal. Yeah. But it's the good thing about that is that you can see how diverse and how different cultures are and how, connected cultures are so even though it was something as simple as like dishes and Tupperware it was just like oh my god we have this connection we thought it was like so funny and such a big deal but it's 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 almost it almost makes you feel like you have a little more community because you go to I would go to these other kids houses and they have more money than my family did and so you see all this nice stuff and you just feel very out of place and at a young age I remember going to their houses and you had to be very careful that you didn't break anything. Like my mom would talk to me. She was like, don't touch anything. Don't you break anything. You'd be very respectful. And she like laid down the law before I would go in. 
And then it's kind of funny because you go to your black friend's house. There's nothing breakable anywhere. We're like running through the house and just having like the best time ever. And you don't have to worry about breaking something. I think most of us got yelled at because we were being too loud upstairs or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's just you get those different dynamics. And it also kind of helps you learn how to act in specific situations because you can't be the same everywhere you go. Yeah. So I, that's one of the things I appreciate about it. Sure. Um, I know some people can have a negative outlook on that, but because you're like, oh, well, these people were rich and that's why I did it. No, 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 no. It just, it kind of opens you up to like different situations and different places you might go. Yeah. Like, and it's so funny. I have, I have friends that their parents took me to like my first soul food restaurant. And then I have other friends whose parents took me to like really nice restaurants. Sure. Like that when I was younger. So it's just. It opens you up to new experiences. And it's cool that you're able to um, kind of always find your way back to your comfort zone, mm-hmm. but that you're able to branch out and you know you can have these new experiences with your families, your friends' families, and you can go out to eat at those restaurants and stuff like that, but you still have your sense of community and you know where you, you know, yeah. where your roots are. And that's so, like, even the thing about the dishes, like, that's just such a small little detail, but it's so cool that you are able to, like, make that connection and really that makes you feel, like, Home, you yeah, know? it made me very comfortable. Yeah, I'm like you know what? I drop my dishes if I break. I like I can't break these dishes, so like it's all good. And I feel like if I do break something, I'll just bring it from my house. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know. Exactly. Your mom will know. But they're I'll be like, Renee, where is my dish? And I'll be like, I don't know, but it's over at this person's house. That is so. And we're all good. Hilarious. Well, I do want to touch on the fact that, so your boyfriend's a police officer. He is. I, okay. The bombshell. Yes. (laughs) Yes, he is. So, do you guys have those conversations about, like, all the racial tensions between, like, black America and police officers and the fact that you have a black son and he's a police officer and how he would kind of approach that? Because even as your son gets older, he's going to have questions. Mm. So do you have those conversations with your boyfriend now to kind of like talk about how you would handle this or even just like what he thinks about everything that's going on and how that stuff affects families and like how not to bring it into the family to the point where it pulls you apart rather as it can bring you guys together and open up a new line of communication for everyone. Yeah. And I, we absolutely have had conversations and, you know, um, I think the number one thing is that uh, my boyfriend is very um, adamant about showing just who he is as a person. Like he, so he's a minority as well. Mm -hmm. So that conversation looks a little bit different because while me as a white woman takes these, you know, everything that's happening right now very seriously because I feel responsible almost. um, and, And we have to, realize our position you know now as white people and the change that needs to happen and everything like that my boyfriend's been a part of this for a long time I mean he's Mexican he's grown up with you know racism as well different different you know sides of it whenever you're discussing you know black people and Mexicans and everything like that but minority is a minority and they've dealt with things that I've never dealt with Mm -hmm. so I know that he's able to provide a conversation with my son. Yes, he's not black, but just as a minority, he's able to have that conversation with him and those conversations. And he thinks that it's important as well. His police officer side is him. I mean, he's just him Mm -hmm. as a police officer and he is great at what he does. And he really, I mean, the stigma is there because of everything that's happening. And he understands that. Um, He also sees another side of things, Mm -hmm. um, but he's never once disrespected any black person because of being because they're black Mm -hmm. and I think because he's a minority it makes the conversation a little bit different if I was dating a white police officer it might look really bad which that sucks you know Mm -hmm. like it does suck because I know that there's two sides to every there's multiple sides to every story but um being with a police officer and having I mean I went to the black lives matter movement or um protest downtown for George Floyd. And, um, I I went, I, of course I went, you know what I'm saying? Like I have to advocate for my son and my boyfriend has never come between that. And he never will. He respects me as a mother. Um, especially because, you know, I do have a son with somebody else and that's 
a whole dynamic in itself, but um, he's always respected me in those conversations. And I know that he does the, like the best of his ability to be there for my, my son when it comes to raising him as a minority as well and being able to have those conversations um, that are hard. But I love it because he's going to be able to show my son too, you know, there are policemen like me, mm-hmm. but there are also policemen who are not like me. And mm-hmm. here's how you need to respond because he knows exactly what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, there's still those police officers who don't care. Obviously, there are bad policemen out there. Um, my boyfriend is not one of those. And he, I think it's going to really be beneficial almost because he can have that conversation with him too yeah. of, you know, this is something that happens, but not all of us are like that. So just be respectful and do what you have to do. Do what your dad tells you to do, because I know that his dad's going to have that conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions or if you need anything, I'm here for you. Like, I know he's going to have that dialogue with him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But it is shocking to people and it is controversial and I understand that yeah I got super excited I was like this is great and I think it's so funny that you get excited like that you're like again this is content (laughs) I get it um but uh, I I just the number one thing that I it makes it hard is my position almost feels like it doesn't even matter because I can't speak for anybody but myself and my credibility is kind of shot now you know what I'm saying I mean just like as a white woman nobody really cares what your opinion is because it's now time for other people to get to speak up and I I fully completely support that so me sitting here saying not all cops are bad like that just does it's not a good look Mm -hmm. it's not a good look and nobody wants to be that person that says that and I'm I mean you know I'm out here supporting and advocating and doing what I need to do um but it does suck at the end of the day knowing that people will look at my family and be like it's scary to think that people can judge me as a mother because I'm dating a police officer with a black son and I hate that because that's just how that's a stigma right now I mean that's with police officers and 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 shootings and all yeah and it's not fair but I love that your boyfriend, he's so supportive Mm -hmm. and that those lines of communication are open. And honestly, in the long run, I can only see it making your son stronger Mm -hmm. and better because he has you, you're his support system at home. He has his dad who will prepare him and give him a different point of view that you don't have. Mm -hmm. And then he has a police officer in his life that can kind of flip the coin Mm -hmm. and be very open and honest with him. So compared to a lot of other kids, like, He's got a good package. I don't care if it's not wrapped in the bow that other right. people want to see, but your opinion matters. It matters in the household where it should matter because this is your family. Right. It doesn't really matter outside of your family. If people don't want to listen to you, that's that's whatever. But the fact that you have such kind of a bubble of love and support around your son so that he will be prepared for almost anything, I think that is amazing. Yeah. And that... The, his dad and your boyfriend, everybody's just so open and willing to communicate about these things because these are the hard conversations to have. And a lot of people do not want to have them even with their family. So I'm... Especially I'm like, with their family. I know. <laughs> it's like, it just starts an argument or something in a lot of households. But I'm like, bravo, because it's, it's important. And it's very necessary. So the fact that... These guys are both open and everybody's just there for Miles' benefit. Like, they're there to protect him and make sure he grows up and has the knowledge that he needs mm-hmm. so that he'll be okay in this world because it's all the shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. And I think that um, it is definitely beneficial. I just, I, as a mother, you question all your decisions, all every single one. And so I just want to make sure that I'm. I mean, yes, I love who I love, and yes, I my happiness is important, um, but if it wasn't ultimately going to be beneficial for my son, then it wouldn't be a part of my life either, and I've, that's one of the best lessons I've learned as a mother, is if it's not good for him, it's definitely not good for me, mm-hmm. um, so it's allowed me to grow in a lot of ways, but I wouldn't be with a police officer if I didn't believe that <laughs> it's going to be okay for my son, you know, yeah. and um, don't get me wrong, I mean, we're not just oh, like having all these conversations. Obviously he's not even three yet, but 
that dialogue is starting and that's what's important is that we're setting the groundwork for that and that we're all on the same page mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of room for disagreeing and and my boyfriend definitely challenges me like he does challenge me to think differently and stuff like that because we now have those conversations all the time about race and you know diversity and everything and so I think it's good that I'm being challenged too as a mother um, and just as a white woman in general to, it's like a whole shock this year. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. The conversation of racism with me started when I was probably about 18. That's how long it took me to have, to understand that racism was in fact still a thing. Mm -hmm. And that blows my mind. Like, but once those conversations started, they haven't stopped. But this year, I mean, it was like a whole 180. I mean, it's, all anybody talks about which is good like it's good but it, it's crazy that sometimes it has to slap you in the face yeah. I like a lot of us when we're young you your parents tell you these things like I told you my mom had these little tidbits for us and she would kind of give us a little bit of guidance here and there but because my mom was like I didn't go anywhere without her knowing she was everywhere with me. She knew where I was going at like yeah. all times. My mom had like a Courtney radar. Like she knew where I was at all times. I never actually really experienced like a person of another race calling me out of my name or something like that. So, and it's also because of the places, like I was always at church, like you wouldn't dare do that. <laughs> Lord. But, <laughs> but I mean, because I never experienced it firsthand, when people would say things to me, like, probably, it had to be, like, in my 20s, when people started saying things and they would tell me stories about people following them around the store. Or, yeah, my mom's been beating this into my head for years, and I met someone that was from New Orleans, and he was like, yeah, he, we dated for a little while. <laughs> he <laughs> blew his mind that I was just kind of like, yeah, racism isn't that bad. It's not as bad as it was, and he was just like who, where are you from? Like, who are you? <laughs> but it's because it wasn't present in my life. It's not something that I see. But it's kind of funny when somebody tells you something or something's happening to them and then all of a sudden you start paying attention and you see it, it's like a switch goes off. You can't unsee it. You really can't. And it, that bothered the mess out of me the first time I've ever really saw somebody doing something that could be considered racist towards another person. And so it's just with everything kind of going on, it's with the kids nowadays, like <laughs> they see it constantly. So they know it's real. But for a lot of us, when we were younger, your parents said stuff to you, but unless it was present in your life, a lot of us just didn't think it was still around. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And I think it's because that dialogue like I said, that was the only conversation that we really had about race in my home was my mom saying to appreciate the cultural differences because it is something to appreciate and mm -hmm. to talk about. Um, that was all we really talked about. I mean, my, my parents were so welcoming that it never crossed my mind. And I hate to use like the term colorblind because that's so like, I'm definitely not mm -hmm. now that I'm, you know, pay attention to what's happening. But back then I for sure didn't care. Like I didn't think about it. I didn't care. I was yeah. like, yeah, like my parents wouldn't care. Come over. And I, once I was a little bit older, like I said, about 18, I mean, I started hearing stories about girls who were getting kicked out of their houses for dating black men. Like, and I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, for what? Like, for what? What are you, what are you tripping about? Like, what are you, what are you mad for? Who cares? You know, I didn't understand it. And so I'd be like, oh, their, their parents are just crazy. Like, it was still kind of rare. Yeah. But, I mean, then it just started snowballing. And now, like you said, once you open your eyes to it and the whole, there's no denying what's happening right now. So if you are not having these conversations, that has to change. I don't care who you are, what you're doing, like, have a conversation about what's happening. And if you already do, amazing. But, like, my kids will grow up with a dialogue in their home about history mm -hmm. um, because of, so it can't repeat itself, you know, like, and just like we said earlier with your sister um, and with your nephew, like, instilling that in them young is what makes the change, which is going to be very crucial with our generations mm -hmm. and, then our, and then our kids, you know. So um, those conversations 
change everything. So you not having to really realize that, but like you said, you, your mom still gave you like tidbits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but because I think it's because your mom is just probably a really good mom Mm -hmm. that she was mama bear. She, she didn't want you to have to worry about it. Yeah. And she was probably hoping that by this time, maybe it would be better, you know, but, um, I don't know. I can't speak for your mother, but that just shows how awesome of a mom she really was by protecting you so that you didn't ever have to experience that. If anybody even looked your way, she was probably like, Oh yeah. I used to call her the helicopter. I'd be yeah. like, mom, you're hovering. Stop, stop, stop. And she'd be like, no, I'm just, I'm protecting you. My mom was awesome. We were very sheltered children. Yeah. So I had a lot to learn once I left the nest, yeah. but, um, while I was there, I was totally safe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was going to say that's the only downfall is like, it's good that you're sheltered, but then it also sets you back a little bit, yeah. but you're still having the conversations, which mm-hmm. is what matters. And, and it's, I've actually never heard that point of view of, you know, someone like, a, like you're, you being a black woman and not experiencing any type of racism. I've never heard that. I always yeah. hear stories. Oh, I always hear the stories. If my, like, I'm not, when I tell you, so my mother was the teacher. She was head of the PTO when I was in, um, elementary school. So mm-hmm. she was always at the school. Nobody messed with her kids. And then when I got to middle school, she was a teacher at my middle school. <laughs> Nobody messed with me. <laughs> she followed me to high school. <laughs> so we had a talk my freshman year because she was actually uh, substituting at my school my freshman year. And I was like, Mom, please, like, just let me go. Don't do this. So that's probably where I started learning a lot more things about the world <laughs> than she wanted. But because she wasn't there, um, I got a whole new perspective. But my mom was very good about, like, shielding us from stuff and making sure that nobody messed with my sister and I. And so, which I love that about her because I did not, I had a beautiful childhood. Yeah. Looking back, like, when I was a child, I'm like, oh. But now I'm like, I love it. That's amazing. It's so good. And that's so rare. Like, you don't hear all these great stories about awesome childhoods. Like, mainly because people who have good childhoods don't have to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't have any awful short stories that they need to share, mm-hmm. but that's really cool that you can look back on your childhood. And because you were protected so much by your mom, you were able to actually enjoy your childhood. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said for that. That's where I like these conversations. I almost hate it because I'm like, we have to implement that dialogue. Is it going to wear on him emotionally? Is it going to cause anxiety? Is it going to cause, you know, as a mother, you have these fears of starting these conversations young because they still have their innocence. But in my opinion, I I don't get to decide when this conversation needs to start. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think it just should be default because what if I wait too late and he doesn't know what to say or defend himself or something happens. I mean, I don't want to be the blame for anything. I want to make sure that I'm on top of it and I'm, you know, taking the reins and doing what I need to do as a mother Absolutely. of a black child of ha- to have those conversations. You know? Well, you hear about this stuff with teachers saying stuff in classrooms mm-hmm. now. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you could never start too early. I'm just like, be vigilant. <laughs> like, I'm not a violent person, but <laughs> go ahead. I will cut a bitch. Te- Don't mess with my baby. <laughs> Especially a teacher can catch these hands because <laughs> you are molding my son's mind, lady. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I will, oof, oof, if a teacher ever comes at my child, sorry, teachers, but <laughs> I will be paying attention. I already ask him every single day, like, how was school? Like, we talked about his day at school. I, like, I'm very on top of it because trusting your kids with someone else for eight hours a day is terrifying. Mm-hmm. School, him going to school is, like, the biggest cause of my anxiety. I think about school shootings all the time. I, I can't, like, I'm... I'm crazy about yeah. it. It's so scary, like, having kids in school right now. I don't know. I can't even imagine, but yeah. all, all I can really do is I, I, I pray for my nephews Absolutely. before they go to school, and like the rest is in God's hands. Yep. But I will say, um, for, like, I know these conversations are really hard, and they're mm-hmm. super necessary to have. So one of the things that I remember is <laughs> – there is an episode of Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's also, do you remember the show Family Matters? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. yeah. I watch both of those shows all the time. So both of those shows actually have, like, the episodes that are based around race. Mm-hmm. And the one I, that sticks out to me the most, because I love Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. And so um, when Will and Carlton get put in jail because of the car that they had, and it was, uh, it was Phil's, like, um, 
it was his business partner's car or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they got pulled over, mm-hmm. like, because the car wasn't registered to them. Mm-hmm. And, like... I'm trying to... I'm really trying to... <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy. But yeah. um, all these videos... Like, that episode is on YouTube. The one with from Family Matters is mm-hmm. on YouTube. These are also good ways to kind of paint a picture. Because racism comes in different forms. And you may not realize that you're being profiled um, when you're a kid or something like that. Mm-hmm. But all kind of all of these things happen to black boys um and it's two very different situations and as you know in family matters the dad was the cop Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so he approached the two officers that um racially profiled his son i remember that episode yes i do remember the family matters episode (laughs) yep I, I was think like, that's a yeah. good example. Exactly. It was, was a good episode. Yeah, it was. It really was. I remember that one. I remember yeah. that one. And Fresh Prince is even good. It's even better because not them. She yeah. like went off. I don't so. remember the Fresh Prince one, but now I'm going to have to go back and I'm watch gonna it. I'm going to YouTube it before you leave. Yes. But um, <laughs> like, yes. I think those are really good examples, and they might actually help paint a picture when kids get older and you really want to like show them, well, this is what happened here, and this is why this happened, and it's just two different scenarios. Sure. And I think things like that can help get conversation started. And because it's TV, mm-hmm. it might actually like keep their attention. <laughs> attention and stay in the back of their mind. Yeah. So um, I'm really happy, though, that you were having these conversations and your son has such a good support system. And you are an awesome mom. Just Aww. everything you said, you're doing everything right, honestly. So I just I commend you. And I wish you guys absolutely best of luck. Like, I know this world is very crazy, but I think that where you guys are right now and the lessons that you're already teaching your son and the fact that he's, like, already, like, tuned in (laughs) and can understand what you're saying. I think that's the perfect place to start. Y'all are doing a great job. Thank so, you so much. I appreciate you coming on and talking about all this. I really appreciate it too. And I like I want you to know I, I really appreciate the fact that you approached this situation and wanted to talk about this because I know one of the first things I told you was I don't want to come across um, speaking over boundaries that aren't mine to speak. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and it's very important to everybody who's listening to like I in no way if I cross any boundaries correct me like I want to be you know kind of told what's up when it comes to this because like y'all heard I mean we, these conversations just kind of started for me mm-hmm. when I turned like 18 so thank you for having this conversation with me and I really appreciate like the you know you pouring into me and like coming to me as a mom because it's hard and you question yourself like I said on every single thing mm-hmm. um so it's really cool but I hope like in a few years if you're still doing this or like whenever you're really big I'll come back and be like yeah so now Miles is an advocate at his school for <laughs> definitely do that no and I think that this is really awesome so thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it and I'm really this was a good conversation awesome I love having conversations like this I hope I can have more in the future because I'm like a lot of people like freeze up I'm like hey you want to talk about this and they're like no sorry if I froze up a little bit too no No, you're good good. (laughs) you're good because one of the things that I told you I was like this is your story your truth sure and it doesn't matter really what anybody else thinks about because I'm getting your point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what matters to me. So don't y'all come at her with some crazy stuff. <laughs> I'm sensitive. I can't take it. I'm really sensitive. But constructive criticism is always welcome. Absolutely. And and like I don't know if people like ever give you like advice or kind of leave comments, but other convert like to- conversation topics for me to address with miles would be appreciated too like as um just different input you know especially with my boyfriend being a police officer and everything like that I think feedback is always good you know and and things that I might not think about naturally you know as a white mom uh, a black son I mean I might not think of these things naturally so oh well you know what's funny is so on my Instagram I don't get all that many comments but I've been getting DMs from people. Have you really? And the people who come on, people will DM them or send them text messages if they, like, have a relationship or something like that. But I get text messages all the time, like, you need to talk about this or you need to add on this conversation. And I'm like, okay. okay. Oh, my goodness. Give me some time, but we'll get it in. I but. love that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I would love to, like, kind of keep track of how you do this over the years not going anywhere anytime soon. Yay! And I do want to have other conversations like this yeah. because 
Um, I just think it's really important. And the hard conversations are the best ones to really have. Honestly. And it's really cool because you have no idea what kind of conversations these could be sparking at home, you yeah. know, for other people too. And there could be someone else out there who has the same situation mm-hmm. as me, which would be crazy. But I mean, everybody dates, out, oh, like not everybody, but a lot of people <laughs> date outside of their race. So sure. this is totally helpful because yeah. if you were white or black and you're just kind of thinking how would this dynamic work? Yeah. This is a great example. A very rare example. It's rare, and but so, it's a great example of what can happen. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Just follow your heart. Yes. <laughs> this kind of stuff only happens to me, so I would get into a very crazy situation like this. That's just me. But, yeah. Well, since you're on the living room confessional, you have to get a confession, so would you bring me? Okay, I don't think this is that good, but um, I actually struggle with short-term memory, so... If at any point we were talking um, and I kind of looked like I wasn't listening, (laughs) I was probably trying to remember, like, you know how I said my train of thought goes crazy. I will literally be having a conversation with somebody or like a client, for example, Mm -hmm. and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go grab you some samples and I'll be right back. And I'll meet them outside and five minutes later I'll be like, ah! (laughs) Like, I literally have horrible short-term memory and sometimes I'll have to like kind of BS my way through a conversation until it triggers back in my mind because <laughs> I have horrible short-term memory. I remember like whenever I was younger, I heard about short-term, long-term memory loss and I was like, that must feel weird. And now I'm like, I have short-term memory loss for sure. And it's the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever experienced because I could literally fit, like start a sentence and not be able to finish it. Oh no, with this, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. I'll start talking, forget what the topic or the question was keep talking and then it'll come to me and I'll come just bring it around and I'm like hey I feel like that's what I did most of this conversation (laughs) I feel like I for sure took it around and no that happens to me like when I start looking around I'm literally trying to like focus my thoughts in my brain and like without stopping and just trying to like just be like Courtney Focus. <laughs> yeah. Come back. So I that's like it is a confession for me because I don't want anybody to think that I'm not listening to them because I, I don't want to tell people that because then I'm like, great, now they're gonna think I'm like not able because I really will be like, what were we just talking about? And I feel so stupid. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more information on previous or future episodes, please check out my website at thelivingroomconfessional.com. And you can also check out and follow my IG page at livingroom underscore confessional. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye.